0: Hallelujah! 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 All right, praise God! All right, I think I got that going just right tonight. There, see if that's. Uh, if I can get some of these other ones turned off here, and I think that ought to. now remember if y'all hear this mic go off tonight for some strange reason, please let me know. Thank you, brother, so that uh, we can so that we can get it back on. I lost a real good message the other night from the Lord and. And I sure, sure hate that, but uh, the mic went out, and some of these other mics were on, so I could still hear, you know, some mic stuff, so I just didn't realize it was off. But once the recording came out, then I realized that this mic was off, and it was just some some filter sounds from these mics, and you couldn't really hear the message, and it was really a message I really wanted to record. But I take these tapes, and I send them all over the country, so, uh, and we've had quite a Quite a good response from uh, from s- several directions we've sent them to, and and so uh, I like to like to try to record them. And you never know when God's going to have a really profound message. Praise God, and, and uh, that's from the guy that's preaching the message. I mean, you know, sometimes the Lord just really brings it just just so so, and and uh, and that might be the very message that somebody needs somewhere down the road. And so I try to record them all. Some of them I don't I don't even put to tape. But uh, most of them I do, so praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me tonight to the book of Acts, chapter 19, book of Acts, chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 11 tonight. The Bible says, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that "...from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. And then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord, of the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches." And there were seven. And there were seven sons of Siva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirits answered, and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on all them, The uh, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before the men. And they counted the price of them and found it fifty thousand Pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Praise God. Master, ask you right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just anoint these lips of clay tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord, a word to the hearts of all that are here. Lord, give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice, Jesus. Give us the heart to receive it. Oh, God, give us the spiritual and godly wisdom, Lord, to walk in the path that you lay before us tonight. And everybody sit in Jesus' name. Praise God. You can be seated. The title of this message is simply this. Does the devil know your name? Does the devil know your name? Now, Going back through this, we of course know that God wrought great, mighty works and miracles through Paul the apostle. So much so that they even took handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases parted from people, departed from people and evil spirits went out of them just by the very garments that represented Paul. That's an anointing, folks. Let me tell you, that anointing comes by prayer and fasting. Do you know that? Paul said, <laughs> when he was describing all of the things he'd been through, he said, in fasts, often. Read the word of God and, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Maybe you already have, but I want to recall that to your remembrance. Paul was a prayer, a, a prayer warrior and he was a fasting man and he fasted often. He had an anointing like none other. Praise God. And then, and then here you have a bunch of people that started dabbling in something that they were not prepared in any stretch of the imagination for. Now, first of all, I want to tell you, church, that listen, before you start messing with people that are possessed of devils, and I'm going to tell you, they are real. There are possessions, absolutely. I have experienced them firsthand. They are real. Now, a lot of this stuff you see is make-believe junk, but I'll tell you what, there are really demon possessions. And uh, and we know that they were in the Bible days, and I'm telling you, there are right now. There are still to this day. And I have met some, and my wife and I have met people. As a matter of fact, we had one that was in this church not too long ago that was absolutely possessed. No question about it. No question about it. And I ran him out of here. And uh they got a desire. They have to have a desire. The person has to have a desire. Well, how can they do that, Pastor? They can't just get up and rise against them. Oh, yeah, they can. Because there was a man in Gadara that had a legion, 2,000 devils, the Bible says, in him, And yet he ran and worshipped Jesus. The, the devils didn't run and worship Jesus. The man ran and worship Jesus. He fought through 2,000 devils. And there's a sermon I've got in there that says 2,000 devils won't stop my praise. That's a sermon I preached on that. It's a very good sermon. And you might, if you don't have that sermon or weren't here when it was preached, you, you need to get that tape. But, uh, but I'll tell you, there has to be a desire. You have to have a desire to come out of that, to get out of that. Now, uh, I want to tell you, it is real. As I was talking uh with sister uh, and, and mentioned to you this morning, Sister Gwen, in that church in Magnolia that I was a part of for a long time and I think did did you not go to the Magnolia uh, Assembly of God? Oh. Well I know you did. I was talking about somebody else that uh that uh that came here a couple times and I think they had gone to uh they had gone to uh I forget who it was. But anyway. Nevertheless, There was a girl in that church that was possessed, and I'm telling you, that was probably ranks up with one of the hardest cases I've ever seen, right there. And uh, and I tell you, it was rough, rough, rough. I was just a little bitty fellow too when that I was. Boy, I had my hands on them praying. I was trying to help them out. You know, of course, the men of the church was really and everybody was really bombarding heaven for on their behalf. And uh, but I tell you, it's 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 a very serious serious thing. I'm gonna tell you, church. Listen, you don't tackle things like that if you're a novice. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you're not prayed up, stayed up, fasted up, and ready, you better leave that alone. You better leave that to somebody that is, because I'm gonna tell you, the devil is is one powerful dude. I'm gonna tell you, this is a, this ain't just some little Mickey Mouse spirit. Now remember, this devil used to be an archangel. He was a very powerful force. Now, he is no match for God. God didn't even have to get up, the Lord didn't even have to get up off His throne to cast Him out. He just let the angels do it. And he's no match by any measure for the Lord. But let me tell you, it better be the Lord that's coming up against him and not you, because you're no match for the devil in and of yourself, not even close. And so... Here we see that these people, and I want to, uh, uh I want to say now. Listen, there's a lot of people. You know, the Bible says that there's only one way, and, and He that climbeth, the, He said, "I'm the door to the sheepfold." Is that what He said? He said, "And if any man climb up any other way, he is a thief and a robber." Is that what the Bible says? Yet there's so many people in this world, Church, that think they're going to heaven by any other way, and they're listen. They they try to climb up every other way, but they do not want to follow the book. Well, it's also the same with people that want the anointing, but they don't want to go through what it takes to get the anointing. You can't buy the anointing. We know that the Lord talked to a rich man in there in the Bible, and he was a young man, rich man, had plenty of money, and he said, "But this one thing thou lack is sell all that thou hast, come follow me." Oh, well, he couldn't do that. He and, and there was those that tried to buy the Holy Ghost. Hey. I'll take, uh, ten pounds of that, please. And, uh, I'll take four pounds of healing. Me, uh, give me twenty-five pounds. Back the truck up, truck, come on! Uh, I'll give me twenty-five pounds. I want nine sacks of, uh, of, uh, demon deliverance, uh, Holy Ghost. Give me, uh, I'll have, uh, give me about, uh, give me, I'll break me off a half a stick of that, uh, uh, half a stick of that, uh, uh, victory stick. That's not how it works. It takes prayer, fasting, commitment, dedication. It takes surrender. It takes an absolute life lived for God. You know, there's a fellow one time, one thing I'm talking about, I'm talking about men that walk in the realm of the Holy Ghost here. I'm not talking about just your average sideshow kick. I'm talking about people that truly walk in the, in the realm of the holy. People that truly walk in the realm of healing such as most people never see, especially in this country. Shambach and people like uh people like uh, uh well brother Shambach people like um uh brother um, uh, McCamus, people that have brought back people that's been dead for seven days, people that's been embalmed I mean things like that that's the kind of people I'm talking about. you ask any one of them and they'll tell you listen it, what is man what's the price what's the price what does it cost to walk in those shoes? And there's not a one of them that won't tell you it's going to cost you everything you've got. Everything that you have. In order to walk in that kind of anointing, now listen, I'm not talking about walking in an anointing. You can walk in an anointing, but if you want to walk into an anointing where you can walk over and touch a dead man on the forehead laying on a gurney, watch him get up and jump and run down the hallway of a hospital and watch doctors pass out and nurses fall down the stairs because they can't believe it they were sending him to the morgue, if you want that kind of anointing there can only be one thing in your life and it's Jesus. It's going to cost you everything. You don't just get that kind of anointing walking through life living a life for God Mm-mm. no not that kind of anointing. there's different there's different levels in God there's different there's different realms that you walk in. But if you want to walk in that realm, any of them will tell you. You ask them what they've got in their life, they have nothing. Brother Shambok told, uh, told Brother uh, McAmus. Brother McAmus asked him that. He told him that. He said, let me tell you something. He said, there is, there's no, there's no nothing for me. He said, I don't go out to dinner like other people do. I don't go places and do things like other people do. He said, I do nothing. Nothing but God. There's nothing in my life but God. When you're that close, that's all there is. Now, it doesn't mean we cannot have the anointing. To bring people back to, from the dead. Does not mean we cannot have the anointing to heal. Praise God. Many people have been healed on this spot right here. Praise God. I've laid hands on many people and had them get their healing. Instantly. Some of you in this church. Yes, because I, I try to live a holy life. And yes, because I try to walk in an anointing with God. But I don't have that kind of anointing. I don't have that kind of anointing. Maybe someday. I'm endeavoring to get there. Paul had this type of anointing. Paul had that type of anointing. He was so anointed, his clothes did stuff like that. <laughs> Pretty good, boy. Hey, hey, excuse me. Uh, listen, brother, I know you can't make it over here today, but would you mind if I borrow one of your handkerchiefs? I do, just let me have, here, give me a, just give me a button, anything, a sleeve. Can I have one of your jackets? <laughs> when you start sending your clothes to do the work of God, boy, you're walking in a, you're walking in a pretty good anointing. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, the Bible goes down there and says, and so in verse 13, he said, then certain of the vagabond Jews, okay, now I'm going to need some help here tonight. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. Sister Hoffman, get me Matthew 12, 26. Uh, brother, would you get me Mark 3 and 23? The Bible says in verse 13 there, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists... How many of you have ever heard of exorcists? Did you know that that's a farce? It's a falsity. You know what the definition of exorcist is? One who pretends to expel evil spirits by conjuration, prayers, and ceremonies. That's the definition of it. When you research the archives of the ones that are supposed to have ordained exorcists and things like that, and appointed exorcists, which is the Catholic Church, first of all, the devil can't cast out the devil. Period. The Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. But now here's the thing. Listen carefully to this. Listen carefully to this. The Catholic Church says that, listen, now they used to ordain those type of things, but it was only a practice. It was not everything that they really went and did, but they, how did they put it? They said that they had did some kind of uh, connotations and some type of prayers, and they would pray for the homes and things like that. But as far as casting out devils from people, exorcism that they said, it was really only prayers that they prayed that people would be delivered. But there was no evidence of anybody ever having been exercised by the Roman Catholic Church. That's by their own words. So that's not anything that I said. That's not anything that I said. However, there's only one thing. There's only one thing that can cast out a devil. Only one thing that can cast out debt. Listen, I'm gonna tell you, I come from the Bible. I don't care whether it pleases people or whether it makes people happy or makes people mad, jump and want to fight. I'm going to tell you, I come from this word of God right here. The Bible says, "Let God be true and every man a liar." Period. Now, let's look at Matthew 12:26. Alright, now, listen, I want to tell you, uh now, and I know and, and <clears throat> listen, I'm not here to, to call names or anything like that, but I'll tell you this much. Listen, when you have people that do not believe, that believe as the Romans did, and they do. When you have people that believe as the Romans did, they believe the same things that these people believed that tried to cast out Satan and could not. They didn't have the power to cast Satan out. Period. The Roman Catholic Church don't have the power to cast out Satan. Period. There may be some nice people, and I know lots of Catholic folks. Very nice people. Very nice people. Love them to death, but they don't have the power to cast out Satan. You know why? Because they don't believe in the name of Jesus Christ. They believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, but they don't believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's no power in anything but the name of Jesus Christ. Period. Period. And I've got hundreds of scriptures to back that. And so listen the the Bible says that if, if if it says if we are an angel from heaven come preaching any other doctrine than that we have preached which means the doctrine of the apostles it's just let them be accursed. And so you have to understand there's only one thing that gives you the power to do what the apostles did and that's what they used and that's the name of Jesus. So sprinkling a little water on something that somebody has declared as holy water and saying a few connotations over people and things like that. No, that does not cast out devils. No. Now, a devil may get up and walk out of somebody to make a believer out of somebody, but that is not a devil that has been cast out of somebody. Because that ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And the Bible will tell us it's not going to happen. And I've got hundreds of scriptures that can back that. So, now, who's got Mark 3.23. That's right. And here he's talking, the Lord was talking to him that time about they, where they are calling Jesus Beelzebub. They were saying he, he, he do these things by Beelzebub and he was casting out devils and he said, well how can, a, how can a, uh, uh, if I be Beelzebub, how can I cast out a devil? He said, a, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. He said, if I'm casting Satan out and I'm Satan, I can't cast me out. He said, look, he said, how can a kingdom divided against itself stand? It cannot. How could Satan cast out Satan? He said. Then he goes down and says, And there were seven sons of Siva, a Jew, and chief of the priests which did so. There were seven of these priests, high priests, which, of course, they were always against Jesus. But they saw some power and they saw that, hey, here's these disciples and they're casting out devils. And so they saw that Paul was casting out devils. They knew Jesus did. And so he said, And he said, he, They told him, they said, Took upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits. They called over the uh, over them the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, "We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth." <laughs> now I know it probably wasn't funny for them fellows, but I tell you, you know. It's like bringing a knife to a gunfight, folks. It just ain't, it's just not a good idea. It's just not a recommended thing to do. Listen, church, when you, when you're dealing with the enemy, I know people say, well, you know what? We give the devil too much credit. I'm going to tell you, yeah, we, we, we may do that, but I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of people that surely underestimate the devil too. I'm going to tell you, he's not some pushover and you better arm, you better be loaded for bear because I'm going to tell you he is one. You better be loaded for bear when you come for the devil. When you go after him, you better be ready. Now, it says, he adjured them by uh, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And then the Bible says, it says, and the evil spirit answered and said, how many of you have ever talked to the devil? I'd say some of you have, didn't even know it. I've talked to him face to face. And I'll tell you, and my wife was there. And uh, the devil will use anybody and can use anybody that will let him. That doesn't mean that they're possessed. But the devil's a spirit and he can move in and out of you. How many of you ever said something you regret it? How many of you ever got that little boy, you know, just somebody just said... Meh, make meh, make. And you just stopped in your tracks and you thought, oh no, you didn't. Oh no, you didn't just say that. And the hair just stand up on the back of your neck and just make you just want, well, I'm gonna scratch your eyeballs out. You know, you just thinking yourself, why? You can't even talk. You just, I mean, just ever, ever ounce of you just turned boiling red. And you turned around and let her fly. You know what happened? You let the devil come in. Now the devil made me do it. See, boy, there's that Adam coming out in you, sister. There's, <laughs> there's that Adam coming out. <laughs> Pass the buck, boy. That's the first the first thing old Adam did. Start crawfishing. Hey, that's that woman. I didn't do it, man. That crazy malfunctioning woman you sent me. I didn't do it. <laughs> that's called crawfishing for y'all. For those of you that don't know. Anyway, but uh <clears throat> listen. You turn around. You spout off real quick. Listen, you may be living a holy life. You may be living a godly life. You may be the greatest Christian ever walked to, on two feet. But boy, there's certain times you let your you open the door and let the enemy in, because instead of meeting that with the godly response, you open the door to the enemy and you let him do the talking. When he went to mam, 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 and I'll tell you another thing, mam, 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 and if you don't like that, mam, 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 and I'll give it to you in nine languages. Don't you get me started, you know. And you know and it ain't no more you than the man in the moon. And you had a little time to think about it, and you had to go back clean up that mess. But I have, I have had the devil laugh in my face. In a church service one time, I had a individual that was possessed, and uh, and I mean that. Like I said, if that person don't want free, I don't care who you are, you ain't gonna get them free. Bible said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If there ain't a hunger, there ain't gonna be no feeding. If they ain't a thirst, they ain't gonna be no thirst. It's according to your faith be it done unto you. You gotta have enough in you to get to He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See what I mean? And so there's gotta be something in you wanting out of there. And and, and this one individual. Just looked at me, and I was trying to pray for him, and he just looked at me, and went <laughs> right right in my face. You know, I just kept right on praying. I know the devil. I know what he. I, I know. I know what he is. Know who he is, and he knows me. And uh, we just we just know that. We just have a common understanding. I hate him, and he hates me. And uh, we just uh, we just have that understanding. He tries to trip me up every way he can, and I try to destroy everything he's trying to do. As I've said before, I I have keys to the kingdom, and everything he goes and turns on, I just go up and shut it off. Everything he shuts off, I go over and start it back. I I I try to counterbalance whatever he's trying to do. It's hard to keep up with. He's fast, and he's effective. I'll tell you, if people ain't watching, he's very effective. But uh, it's a battle. It's a a constant battle. But see here, (laughs) these seven people said, Hey, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Come out of there. And the devil said, Huh. Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are ye? And boy, out there that devil comes leapt on them, and boy, that devil jumped on them people, and I mean just tore them to shred, throw them out, throw them out naked in the street. Listen, they weren't ready for that. You don't just get that anointing. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You have to commit into it it's a place where you have to where you have to pray into where you have to fast into where you have to walk a walk into there is no quick fix you don't drive through uh you don't go through a holy ghost drive through you don't pull in there and say i'll take uh, give me five orders of anointing no that ain't the way it works you ain't going to get that kind of anointing any other way but through prayer fasting commitment dedication service to god working in the kingdom of god Praise the Lord. And it said, And and the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Praise God. The name, the name, the name. The Bible's all about the name. Praise God. Now, and many that believed, listen to this, it said, came and confessed and showed their deeds. The Bible said that he that confesses his sins, he says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now, many of them also which use curious arts. How many of you know that's pretty prevalent in this day and time today? Oh, boy, I want to tell you. They brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them, and it was 50,000 pieces of silver. Man, that's a lot of money, boy. That's It's a lot of money today. It's a lot of money, period. Anytime, any way you slice that, that's a lot of money worth of books about a cult and things like that. The black arts, so to speak. Remember the topic of this today, and don't let me forget. Don't let me forget this right here. I'll show you something here in a little bit. Does the devil know your name? If not, he should and he needs to know your name. If not, it's because We've not become a concern or a problem or a threat or a detriment or deadly to His kingdom or His plans for the destruction of God's people. If so, if He does know your name, then I want to ask you a question. How does He see you? If the devil knows you, knows who you are, knows your name, how does he see you? Does he see you as an instrument that he can use or manipulate? Someone that he can persuade or convince to throw down their sword and run? Somebody that's easily scared or easily angered? Easily tricked? may be easily discouraged. Is there any leaven in your lump that will kill the power? Remember that the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. Now remember I asked you, is there any leaven in your lump? I told you here not too many weeks or months ago about a fellow that I pastored for a while in in Tennessee and he was going to a church that he that he knew was not preaching the truth and you know they had a form of godliness, but were denying the power thereof. They didn't believe baptism was necessary for salvation, and it absolutely is, and there's no question about it. Baptism in Jesus' name is absolutely mandatory, and he knew that. And I was talking with him, and I said, "Well," <clears throat> he said, "Well," he said, "Brother Hoffman, I know that, I know why I, I just." But he said, "You know, I think that the church, the other church that uh, that he was talking about was." <clears throat> It, he was gonna have to drive some or something. I don't remember what the situation was. But I told him I said, Well will t- tell you what, he had a cute little old sports car, you know, young college guy, real nice fella. And I said, Well I'll tell you what. I, said, I told him, I said, then I know some of you heard this story, but y'all just bear with me. I told him, I said, Well, I'll tell you what you do. Still got your car? Oh yeah, yeah, I still got it. I said, Well, good, good. I'll tell you what, like it little car. I said, Look, do me a favor, next time you go fill it up with gas, yeah, yeah. I said, Will you do me a favor? He said, Well, yeah, yeah. I said, Okay uh, now see, it had been a little while since I'd pastored him because he'd have never answered that so quickly like that. If he'd still been under me and we'd been, cause he, he'd forgot, see, he'd forgot that this was a setup. I said, look, I said, tell you what do. Uh, will you do, will you do something for me? Yeah, yeah. I said, okay. I said, won't you go over and fill it three quarters full of gas. Okay. All right. I said, then what I want you to do, once you to drive around on the side over, and go and top it off of water. He said, what? I said, yeah, gonna to top it off of water. <laughs> he said, no, I'm not going to top it off of water. I said, why not? Well, it'll ruin my car. I said, now, come on, man. I said, now, you can't tell me. You can't tell me that, that man, the ratio shouldn't be any problem. You got three-quarters of a tank of gasoline. I mean, ignitable, explosive, combustible material there, man, versus one little old quart of a tank of water. Well, surely that man, the 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 ratio of water to gasoline shouldn't affect it any. He said, "Well, ain't no way." I said, "So what? What are you telling me? It won't run the car?" He said, "No." I said, well, I tell you, I go even further than that. I said, not only will run the car, it will destroy the car. If you try to run it on that garbage, it'll destroy that car. And I said, that one quarter of a tank of water and that three quarters of a tank of gas ain't going to get you no further in that car than three quarters of the truth in the word of God and a quarter of a lie will get you into heaven. I said, now that's just the bottom line and get your backside out of that lie preaching church and get into a truth preaching apostolic Oneness, Jesus' name, church, what will get you all the way home. Praise God. End of story. Praise God. Is there any leaven in your lump? The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I've heard people talk about half-truths. Be careful what half you get. Where'd that come from? They know half-truth. There's the truth, and there's a lie. That's all there is to it. Now, as I said, the devil is a liar. Bible says in John eight forty four, "Ye are of your father the devil." We remember he was talking to the Pharisees here. He had a lot of trouble with them guys. And the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. We know that scripture well. But listen, the Bible says in Luke ten nineteen, he says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding... In this rejoice not, he said, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now that don't just mean every spirit subject unto you. No, it's not. No, it's not. The Holy Ghost is not subject to you. And I know that a lot of people think that it is, but no, it's not. And I've got Bible to prove that. No, you, you know, listen, now there's only one part of that that works. You can quench the spirit. Yes, you can. Absolutely. But, you cannot turn it on anytime you want to, no sir. I've had the Holy Ghost most of my life, and uh, no, you can't turn it on, and anybody that truly is a, is an absolute warrior of God, the ones that raising people from the dead, the ones that are making the blind eyes seen and forming eyeballs in people's sockets where there was no eyeballs, those people will tell you the same thing, and so that is the truth. period. Now, there's people out there say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, just, okay, okay, Speaking tongues. No, okay, man, just uh, uh, speak in tongues. No, 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 uh-uh. that's a lie. That's a lie. I've had the Holy Ghost for many, many years, and there's been times I have wished, man, where, you know, I just found myself, and in... y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Where, you know, you just kind of feel a little uneasiness with God. Maybe you made a decision that, you know, you just kind of feel a little uneasy about you. Maybe you kind of went, you know, a little, maybe you decided to go a little bit on your own. And, you know, you kind of felt God saying, well, I'd rather you do this. Yeah, okay, well, you know, <laughs> I didn't hear that, you know, God. And and you went on your own and you caught yourself feeling a little kind of pushed aside and left out. And so there's been times where I've prayed and just, just, Wanting to pray into the spirit. Notice I said not pray in the spirit, pray into the spirit. And the Holy Ghost would fall. But it didn't happen until I until I warred after it for a while. <clears throat> but but the spirits, when you're walking in the realm that they're talking about right there. It's talking about the demon spirits and the evil spirits are subject to you. Yes, they are. You can make them go if you have that anointing. If you're walking in that anointing, yes, you can make them go and they are subject to you. But at no time, listen, you don't move the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost moves you. You don't move God. God moves you. Now, I want to ask you this. Oh, it said, notwithstanding this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, <clears throat> now, I want to ask you this. Does he see you as a concern? I kind of wrote some of these things out so I'd stick to it. I don't want to go too awful late with this, but... Does he see you as a concern, as someone who is really not a big worry or anything like that, but but he might want to keep an occasional eye on you just in case you kind of start getting bigger and stronger? There are certain things in your life that are a concern, and so those are the things that you kind of... In other words, it's like this. All you mamas and daddies know what I'm talking about. You get to looking in the little Johnny and Sally's out there playing in the yard, and they're kind of getting just a little too close to the road out there. Maybe still got a good ways to go yet, but you know that they're getting close enough to it to where it's become just a little bit of a concern. So you kind of start keeping your eye a little closer on them. In other words, before you weren't worried about nothing, you just going about your business, but all of a sudden, hey, something caught your attention. Hey, they're getting a little bit close to that road. Now, not close enough yet to make you stop what you're doing, drop everything, and go out there and start talking to them about it. Cause you've already warned them against it. But you, you got calls for notice here. You got calls for, for looking out there. That's the kind of concern I'm talking about. Does he see you as a concern? Or does he see you as a problem? A problem is somebody who has graduated from just being a minor concern to someone who has grown into a nuisance. A real thorn in the old foot of the devil. And he'll begin to start trying to persuade you to leave well enough alone and to move on from your current growth pattern and to slow down just a bit. In other words, to the place where, you know, okay, they're getting a little bit close to the road. So you go out there and you say, Hey, I told you all to get out of that street. I told y'all stay away from that street. But mom, we're not we're not we're forty miles from the road out there. We you we're not in the street, golly, you treat us like we're walking in the road. What do you think? We're kids or something. Mom, golly, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. We don't like to get in the street. I'm just telling you, I'm watching. Stay out of the street. Until so you go back in. See, at that point, it's become a problem. You see what I mean? It's become a problem that you just, just decided it needed just a little bit of your attention. When this takes place, the devil will, will start assigning more enemies to you and to your case. So as to ensure that the problem does not get any bigger and become too much to deal with. Remember, at this level, he still can catch you off balance if you're not careful and he can cause you to fall while you're in this stage. Or, does he see you as a threat? When you become a threat... Oh, it's on. It's on then. It's on big time. The devil will send some things coming in from every direction, and he will hold nothing back at this point. He's going to try to kill you quickly in any way that he can. This is where he will try the killing part of that scripture The thief cometh but for to steal, kill, and destroy. This is where he will try to make the kill. I'm here to tell you right now that I know somebody of a personal situation not too long ago that happened that just walked through the kill zone. They were becoming a threat in the kingdom of God and the devil turned up every ounce of heat and he dropped him just like that. Dropped him just like that. I want to tell you right now: when you get into that place where you become a threat, then it's no longer about you. As long as it's about you, he's not too awful worried about you because you're just one person. Yes, yes, the Lord is after you. Yes, yes, it's it, you know. Yes, the Lord and uh, your walk with God is very important to God. And it's very important to others, but let me tell you something. The devil's not worried about you as one person. The devil is after the church. The devil is after the outreach. The devil is after the herd. He's not after the individual. He's after the herd. And so man when you become a threat you're not it's no longer about you when you become a threat to the devil you're not no threat what makes you a threat is when you start being effective against his other people when you start reaching in there let me and I'll get to that here in just a minute but when you start reaching in there and start witnessing to people and having an effect on people and you're starting to do that man you're a threat when you're just about to break into a ministry, when you're just about to break into winning souls on every hand, that's when you become a threat. And so, boy, he's going to catch you in that stage right there, and he's going to try to kill you right there. Now, I don't mean kill you dead. If he can do that, he will. And yes, sir, yes, sir, the devil will try to kill you. Yes, sir, Ray. But now here's the thing. He'll kill you spiritually. He'll bring somebody along that will offend you. And I'll tell you what. Do you know, the Bible says that a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And so many times I've seen churches fall over somebody's feelings getting hurt because they wear them out on their sleeve. You can't be thin-skinned in the family of God, I'll tell you right now. If you're thin-skinned, you ain't going to make it. You may as well quit now. You'll never make it. You're wasting your time. If you're thin-skinned in the house of God, if you can't get your feet stepped on, if you can't get your little feelings hurt and flesh, sometimes, I'll tell you right now, you ain't going to make it. You better toughen up. You better get tough. We're in a war here. This ain't no kissy-kissy-hug-hug. This is a battle like you have never been in in your life. You think a cat fight or a, or a brawl is something, you man, this is a fight like you can't even imagine. There's things, if you could see what's going on in the spirit realm around you half the time, it would, you would die from fright. It would literally kill you from fright. There is a war going on like you cannot even fathom. And so when you become a threat to the devil, He's going to turn it up. Remember, with every level that you graduate, hey, bigger level, bigger devil. It's a fact. Look at some of these little silly video games that they got out. Every level, boy, it's harder and harder and harder and harder. And you know there's a devil at the end of every one of them things that you got to beat before you get to the next level. And you know what? If you ever want to get to the next level, you don't quit the first time that devil knocks you out. If you want to get to the end of that game and win the prize... You gotta defeat every level and every devil. And and when you defeat every devil, I mean listen, it takes a lot of times. I played some in video games with my kids when they was young, and I tell you what, listen, when you you ain't gonna just go through there the first time whip that devil. You're gonna have to fight that joker time and time and time again till you figure him out and figure out what he's gonna do, and then you know how to take him down. And then when you get to the next level, it's a different devil, different problems, different comes at you different ways, and you have to figure him out too before you can take him out. It takes persistence church to win this fight we're in. You got to stay your course soldier praise God. Listen, he said, "Be ye not weary in well doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not." You got to stay your course. This is an endurance race. He said, "Run this race with patience." That said before. What do you need patience for if it's just a sprint to the end? What do you need patience for because it's an endurance race? you got to stay your course, soldiers. Now, the Bible tells us, that The thief cometh before to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Here's where he must kill you. See, if you go to the next level, and he misses you in this level, in this level we're talking about here, in this threat level, If he misses you in this level, then he'll have to start taking precautions. And he'll have to start planning, using more discretion and care in how he deals with you. Because when you break through that scene into the next one, oh, there's a whole different you going on then. You've already defeated the other levels And when you break through that one, when you break beyond being a threat, (laughs) ain't no more threat, devil. (laughs) Ain't no more threat. I'm deadly at this point. You become deadly. You become a detriment to the kingdom of the devil. You become deadly to his game. When you get to this point, the devil begins to strategically plan and carefully mount attacks against you, always being aware that not only does he have to consider you, but that your faith has been made strong, and that you have found an abundance of favor by the time you have come to this stage with God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. When you make it through all this other stuff, it's faith that got you through. It's endurance that got you through. It's the unadulterated Word of God that got you through. It is the Lord saying that you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's endurance, praise God, that gets you to that level. Hallelujah. It is absolute persistence and commitment to the family of God, the house of God, the Word of God, the plan of God. That's what will get you to that place. It's not a quick run. It's not an easy road. It's hard. I'm going to tell you right now. It's difficult to stand in the face of the devil when he's sapping you upside the head on every while, every side. When your finances fall through, huh? man. When you, everything you seem to touch, it seems to explode in your face. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It takes a lot to stay your course. But the only way you're ever going to get to that place where you become deadly to the devil is by these measures. You're not going to jump from level one to level five. You're going to have to go through every one of them, just like those before you did. You know, the devil realizes when you find favor with God that you alone are not the worry. But after finding your way out of the maze of deception and lies of the enemy, you know how to get others of his captives out. One of the things that you learn through each level is how to get in it, how to get through it, and how to get out of it. Before you get to the next level, you gotta get out of that level before you, and once you master it, you know how to get out of it. And you can help other people, how many of you have ever seen a video game? I've helped people, you see, uh, you see people, they write books and things on how to get through levels in certain games, video games. There's even master books that the designers have written to tell you how to defeat these things. <sighs> I just happen to know a book just like that that's a, that the master designer wrote. Praise God! Here it is, right here. It tells you how to get ever. It tells you how to do It tells you how to defeat every devil in every level. It tells you how to uh, make it through every maze and every wickedness, deception that the devil throws at you. It tells you how to make it through every situation. Praise God! And if you fall, don't you stay down. You get up and try, try again. Praise God! And you try it. You smack at devil. You step on him. Dance on his head till you get his attention and get past him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, there ain't no reward for quitters. Quitters don't win. I've been in this too long to quit now. Praise God. I'm, I'm too far to go turn back now. i tell you right now, I'm too far to turn back now. I've got my life invested in this thing. Praise the Lord. I'm going all the way. Hallelujah. I'm going all the way. Huh. He finds out that you know how to get the other captives that he has out because you've come through them levels. Boy, let me tell you, and he has to start moving a little different then. He can't just jump up and attack you right in your face. But that's when He'll start trying to tear you down every direction. He'll try to take your friends out. He'll try to take your loved ones out. He'll try to discourage them. He'll try to get them in and out of church. He'll try to get this one over here hurt and down. He'll try to get this one over here discouraged. He'll try to take a job from this one over here. He'll try to do everything He can to try to take you down. It's about you, and it's really not about you. He's doing things by the book. He's doing things that have worked in the past. What He's doing is He's chipping away at the main picture. It's all about the kingdom of God. Give the Lord some praise. It's a Pentecostal church. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's trying to take little bits and pieces out at a time until the whole scenario crumbles with you in it. That's what it's about. Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 10, Listen, the devil knows at this level, you know the Scriptures. You have found what's called the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. The Bible says the sword of the Spirit. It's the weapons of our warfare. It's a mighty, mighty weapon. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 10, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. Against rulers of darkness of this world. And against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, Over talks about it in Hebrews. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Remember, the Bible tells us that God created evil for the day of evil. 14 says, Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is our breastplate. Righteousness... Is what guards our breast, our breast, the breast of of, of the child of God. It's the, righteousness is what we put on as armor. The Bible says, "And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace." Praise God. Above all, taking the shield of faith. How's that work? How's that work? What is the shield of faith? no weapon formed against me shall prosper it's having faith in the in the in the face of adversity having faith that when the devil says you can't do it your faith comes back in the shield that you have to battle that back with says that just bounces off of you because that fiery dart ain't going to have no effect on you because you can say hey i can do all things through christ and of me well uh you're done you're finished you're through you're whipped i have destroyed you This work, that work. And you can say, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Same as the sword of the Spirit, using it as a sword. Wielding that sword back. Praise God. Do the same thing that the Lord Himself did. Bible says, Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Remember, we were talking about the other day. The fire. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Listen, church. The devil knows that you can restore, revive, and renew all that the devil's trying to do. What does he come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. We can restore what he stole. We can revive what he's killed, bring it back to life. We can renew, praise God, what he's destroyed. We need to make every step that we take a thorn in the side of the enemy. Every day of our life. Every day of our life. Make your steps quick and light. Make them count. Listen, church, you have the ability, you have the ability to rock the devil's world. You have the ability to, You have the resources at your hand right here. You have the resources right here available to you in this country to become a mighty, mighty force to be reckoned with. And we are to be utilizing every opportunity that God's given us to do all that we can to win souls, to reach people to draw people out of darkness into His marvelous light. Praise God. Stand with me tonight.